everybody. The SWP is brought to you by All Insurance Ontario and Jim K. Ford. And everybody knows that Jim K. Ford is a fantastic choice to handle all of your automotive needs. And that includes them being a full-service commercial and fleet dealership. They supply companies in the Ottawa area with work trucks of all shapes, sizes, and functionalities from small delivery vans right up to the big F-750s. Whether you're in towing, landscaping, or deliveries, Jim K. Ford will help you with the right truck, customized for your needs. JimKFord.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. A lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house. How much do I need? Why would I want that? Hi, I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario. Call or text me at 801-2659. Give me a call, let's have that talk, and we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. All right, welcome to another episode of the SWP, Tales of Sports and Whatever. Steve Warren along with Jim Jerome. Oh, no medal for Canada or the U.S. in men's Olympic hockey, but the Canadian and American ladies will be on the podium. It's just a matter of who will be standing taller. That happening later on tonight. Uh, James, how are things with you? What's going on? Well, that's disappointing, Stevie. Right? Uh you know, we were talking yesterday about uh, if someone said at the start of the Olympics, you got to pick your for sure uh, event where we're going to medal, okay? Where we're going to medal, right? And we both agreed it would be curling, and the other one, if we're going to medal, would be hockey normally, right? right. Normally. Uh, may- maybe not hockey this year. So um, tough sledding, man. Tough sledding. You know, I saw... Uh, you know, obviously no NHLers and they were promoting, it was either, you know, I flipped back and forth between CBC, NBC and, and, and TSN and Sportsnet and everybody's covering the games, I guess. Yeah. I can't figure it out, but you know, one of, one of them was, and I'll tell you what, there's a group of really dedicated uh, players on this team, US or Canada team. Uh, it's made up of 15 college players, you know, and, and when you hear that, I'm going, oof, you know, oof. Now, they live the dream for sure, you know, to be able to wear the maple leaf and all that jazz. But, uh, if, you know, going forward, Stevie, I wonder if it'll be the be the rare thing in future Olympics where the IOC goes to the NHL and says, okay, what's it going to cost us? What's it going to cost? How much do we got to pay? You know, well, it wasn't a, it wasn't a matter of the NHL not get, wanting to. They they said yes, we're gonna we're, we're gonna let our players go. But when COVID hits, then uh, they had to basically make up all these games, and they had to use what was going to be the Olympic break as uh, as the buffer, I suppose, in their schedule. So they right. were all in, and they were supposed to be there, but it just didn't work out. Oh, unfortunately, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. yeah. So it's uh, I mean, it's it's a it's NCAA players, it's KHL players. Um, Guys who are free agents in the case of Captain Eric Stull, he's not playing anywhere, really. And uh, it's not really optimum, obviously. It really reminds me of back to, you know, 1980, for example, in those years when they were just amateurs going to the Mm -hmm. Olympics. And Canada, you'd cheer for them, but you'd never go in thinking that they were a slam dunk for even a medal, let alone a gold one. And it's sort of back to that. You're just a you're another nation, effectively. 
And right. I don't think that that's the best scenario to be in the quarterfinals and have two straight games against China to get you warmed up for that. I think that's as a coach, I would be very worried about that because when you're playing clearly inferior talent two games in a row, bad habits tend to creep in. And uh, they couldn't finish today. They uh, they just could not score, obviously. And uh, Sweden wins it 2 nothing. Canada is done. And the Americans are done as well. The Americans uh, fell in their quarterfinals. So they lost to, uh, I think it was Slovakia, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I that was forget, an, even, yeah, yeah. an even bigger upset there. So uh, that went to a shootout. And if you'll recall, when Canada and the U.S. met in just in the preliminaries this year, the um, the folks at CNN got a little excited about it when Canada fell to the U.S. The uh, mm-hmm. tweet that I read from CNN doesn't necessarily cover hockey too closely, but it said, this is drawing comparisons to the miracle on ice in 1980. <laughs> I was like, come on now. Easy so, now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not, so not I'm thinking, of, I don't think Al Michael, I can't picture Al Michael saying, do you believe in quarterfinal eliminations? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of busted, right? Yeah. Okay. You're busted. You don't know anything about sports. You know? Yeah. I remember so. remember when I first started with you in radio and, and thinking, okay, whether we're interviewing a guy or something, or you know, if you if you make something up, Stevie, uh, people can tell. Yeah, sports fans can tell right away. You're going to get drilled. You're going to get drilled. You know, um, you know. I'll read you something, Stevie, uh, coming from a different side, right? Because every day we rap about you know about the Olympics and and talk about the you know the day that was the day before, how the Canadians are doing, how they're going to do break it all down and 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 it's always this discussion even on social media and and discussions between you and I about should have they won couldn't they won what did they do wrong uh, you know what did they do right yeah you know this sort of debate and then I read this tweet last night from an athlete and it made me stand down and go yeah it must it must be unbelievable pressure and kind of unwanted pressure you know, um, I don't know if you read it, but it says here, being complete, you'll probably figure out who it is. Being completely honest, because I know many athletes have felt this, but I'm in the deepest of black holes, wishing we could have found another centimeter for Canada. Know that I'm cheering hard for every athlete in Beijing right now, but personally struggling beyond words. And that was from uh, Rachel Homan, who played in the mixed doubles with John Morris. And when I read that, Stevie, you know, because, you know, I do this curling show too that, that you know, with Kevin Martin and, and you know, the, the, as soon as the mixed doubles lost, you know, it, it, people just lambasted them, you know, and lambasted our country and the Curling Canada and these organizations going, what are you doing? You know, you set them up for the loss. They, were, they shouldn't have gone. They missed easy shots and blah, 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 right? And, and I kind of jump on that wagon a little bit. And then and, until you read this, you know, until you read, that, I wanted to give her a hug. Yeah, I wanted to give her a hug, you know, and uh, it it kind of put it all in perspective for me when I read that. Yeah, and and as as no matter how many accolades and awards you've won, you know that Olympic gold medal is is a special thing, and she got a taste of it. Like she's uh, she's been there before. She went in 2017 and came away without a medal in uh, in with her normal Ottawa based rink. 
And uh, I'm sure she saw this as an opportunity to just reclaim something that she felt like she'd lost in 2017. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't go her way or John Morris's way. So it had to be, you know, I'm sure she was amped up. It's like, okay, I'm going to get that gold medal that I couldn't get last time and then couldn't get it done again. And then Australia was the team that kind of felled them, you know, the last place team in the entire tournament, Bonspiel, whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. So, yeah, I feel I feel for her for sure. And the nice thing is she's, you know, she's still a young woman. She's got lots of time left. She's only 32. seems like she's been around for 32 years, but uh, she's got lots of time. And I have a feeling that Olympic is wasn't meant to be this time, but I have a feeling that Olympic gold will eventually come around. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know what I would want, Stevie, going into the going into a event or in a game in a game as the heavy favorite, and everyone's coming on going, oh, you got this, you know, and kind of with this grin out of the side of their mouth, you know, <laughs> no problem, you got you got this, you got this, you know, uh, look, you're set up here. You're set up here like you could never be set up any better. This is good. Or or going in as an underdog. And, you know, Messier always said you can you can tell about who you want to put in under the pressure pack situation. All you got to do is look at a hockey bench in a game seven and it's tied three all and you're into overtime. And the guys who want in are standing up. Okay, they got their hand over the board, Stevie. They're looking back at the coach. They got one foot sort of cranked, ready to jump. You know, and those are the guys you want in. But there'll be other guys, Stevie, who sit back in the bench, got their head down, you know, looking like they're adjusting their knee pads and shit like that, going, don't ask me, don't ask me, don't ask me, don't ask me, you know. And other guys are going, come on, get, get, I'll, I'll do this for us, you know. So um, that's the art of coaching, it, you know, from a, whether you're talking about the collective, the entire team, mm-hmm. the psychology of the, of the collective or the psychology of the individual player learning to pull the right strings at the right time, knowing each player is so, so different. That's, uh, like I say, the real art of coaching, and it's it's the great ones who can pull that off. But you're right. I mean, it's it's difficult because on the one hand, you, you, don't, you don't mind being the favorite because that means you're most likely the most talented. But even if I had the most talented group and I knew it, I would do everything I could in their individual minds and collectively – to make them think they're the underdogs, let the world think they're the underdogs. Just however I plan to do that, make them seem like, you know, the world's against you or right. that, uh, you know, what happens, you know, everybody expects you to win. You know what? You guys don't deserve anything. Whatever it is I need to do to get into their head, into their kitchen and uh, and let them kind of think they're the underdog. That's what I'm going to try and do. Right. I don't like if you open up the newspaper, Stevie, and, you know, there's articles written about, let's say, Team Canada, you know, in hockey and certainly in the old days. Right. It's it's getting less and less as it is in curling. Right. It used to be curling are going to walk their way through it. Not so much. Both teams may not make the playoffs. Right. Uh, The big couple of days. But when I if I open it up and I'm an athlete and the guys, you know, look at that. We got a huge shot, you know, big. I'd be going, would you shut up, man? Get that shit out of there, you know. And you get a little, you get a little taste of it, Stevie. The other night, I, I don't know if it was the U.S. or a, a Team Canada were playing massive underdog. It may have been China, and they were out shooting them something like fourteen nothing in the first period, and it was tied. And it was right. tied after one period. I remember going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What the what the hell here?" You know, so. I, I wouldn't like to read all that. You know, you'd think it'd be really supportive, but I'd be like, just a pipe down, 
under the radar here. Shut your hole. You know, it's like having a big lead in football, but you've only played one half, right? And starting to high five each other, coming out of the locker room. Oh, yeah, we're up 22. How bad can this be? Well, I don't know. I'll show you about 100 games where people have come back from being three touchdowns down, you know? So, yeah. So you've also got uh, Canada and the U.S. in women's hockey going for gold tonight, and that'll be shortly after 11 p.m. Eastern. And you, you think back to some of the great matchup they've had in the Olympics. I think about the psychology of things once again. Remember Haley Wickenheiser confessing at the end of a gold medal win, you know, talking about how America walked on our flags in the dressing room and uh, and just oh, yes, whatever. Right. And I'm sure that that was talked about a great deal before the game whatever you need to motivate yourself maybe maybe present yourself as the underdog or or find some storyline that's going to get you jacked up you know Gretzky and the loony that was buried at center ice in 02 in Salt Lake City these teams are so close on the lady side for sure that uh, I'm sure there's some of that psychology going on I don't know exactly what it is but this should be a very good game tonight. The two teams did meet in the preliminaries in Canada, but won by a count of 4-2. to two. And look at the stats across the board for Canada and the U.S. Canada went 6-0, and oh, and of course, the U.S. went 5-1. and one. They both played six games. But Canada's goal is four. They had almost twice as many goals as the U.S. 54 goals for Canada. 54. In six games. <laughs> in six games, whereas America had 28 in six games. They both gave up eight. So a goal differential for Canada of 46, and the Americans had 20. But everything you've done to this point means jack squad. It's about the team that's going to, you know, get some luck, some puck luck to start with, get a few calls here and there. But uh, that just the more motivated of the two teams is going to win this thing. Well, and like I was saying earlier, uh, Stevie, uh, U.S. has no shot. Canada's going to walk their way to a gold medal here. There'll be no problem there at all. Okay. Don't do that. No, no, gotta be a good look at. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry about that, U.S. Woo! Thanks for coming over. Enjoy wow. the plane ride home <laughs> with the Silvers. Okay. Why are you trying Not to be a chance they can lose, Stevie? Not a chance they can lose. Karma they loves. Better win. They better win, Steve. I'll tell you, or I'll have a big, big issue with who they picked. You know, and the coaching and everything. <laughs> I see no scenario where Canada can lose this game now. I, I, it's impossible. It's impossible. The Olympics is going to have to do something, Steve, where where the teams are on equal footing. Right. You know, you can't have this thing where Canada is a massive, massive favorite. You know, it makes for it makes for you know bad viewing, Steve. Welcome to our new segment here on the SWP <laughs> testing karma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, what time's the game again? You gave me the you gave me the the time earlier. It's eleven ten Eastern time, so nine ten yours. Oh, lovely prime yes. time. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good to go. Well, not not so prime for me. I'm a, actually I have to I have to go out tonight, and I'm playing hockey, just beer league hockey, and then hustle back home to try and uh, be back in time for the opening face off. But should You'll be, be dandy right. tonight. Yeah, I think right I think on. it'll be absolutely fine. Uh, also. Got to tip our caps to the great Charles Hamelin. Hamelin, he struck yep. short track gold, tied a Canadian medal record in the final Olympic race of his career. We also saw long tracker Cindy Claussen. She earned six medals at a Winter Games. Um, but Charles Hamelin, he was part of, uh, it was, he's 37 years of age and off to his sixth career Olympic podium as he, Stephen Dubois, Jordan Pierre, Gilles, and Pascal Dion crossed the finish line. 
taking bronze after taking bronze in the men's relay four years ago in Pyeongchang. They won gold today. And uh, Hamelin basically, uh, yeah, he sets the record or ties the record for most golds by a Canadian at either the summer or the winter games. Not so shabby. Right. Are they all French guys, Stevie? Something to say yeah. for for Quebec whipping out the speed skaters, man. Well, I think the deal is is that uh, the big speed skating spot is in Montreal. And so, yeah, French Canadians have basically been the anchors for Team Canada speed skating for a very long time. Not, not, yeah, they're well not done. exclusively, but there's, uh, there's a high percentage of them that are French Canadian. Yeah, well done. Well yeah. done. We got a, we it's got always a- interesting to watch that. I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to see it's the 5,000 meters. And uh, again, it's the fourth gold medal for Charles Hamlin. And But when you watch it, it's 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 that one where you basically it's like a watching hornets inside the track going around and around and around and then of course there's there's actual skaters on the outside but they're forever leaving the track and entering the track and pushing yeah. buddies on the on the ass and <laughs> you know what i mean just yeah. sort of what they're doing there but I got it, you. it's yeah, I, got yeah, you. <laughs> it, it, I find it i find it just distracting just how much is going on inside the track um, and I, I'm always wondering how those guys on the inside of the track, as they figure out who's next, aren't just tripping over each other all the time. Right. And how, how would you like to do it, Stevie? How would you like to try strapping on a pair of those blades and yeah. see how you do? Okay. The 18-inch the long straight blade that breaks away from you when you're turning. And have you ever seen, if you've ever seen a speed skater, it's hard to believe how how coordinated they are if you've ever seen them steve trying to stop you know like they cross the finish line you know hands on the knees bending over trying to get catch their breath as they glide around you know and then they're about to pull into the pits as i call it stevie they pull into the pits and and they gotta stop they look like they look like about a four-year-old with their first pair of blades (laughs) i mean i don't think i've ever seen i'm not sure i've ever seen a speed skater actually stop before that would be interesting yeah they're not doing a hockey stop pal i'll tell you that yeah you you gotta you gotta see it and you're like oh my god how can this guy skate at all looks like he's gonna wipe out all the time yeah one of my Uh, favorite things about the olympics is watching the home cameras you know where an athlete is competing but they've also got a camera in the living room of the athlete's family. And we saw it with Charles Hamelin. Uh, his family was going crazy. We saw it with Ottawa's Isabel Weideman and her family and friends. They were going bonkers as well. So that's one of the best things I find when you see the people that have been there all the way along their journey, not just the fans. It's always cool to see the fans going crazy. But when you, you basically can jump into that situation and see the raw emotion of the family, that's one of the best things to me about the Olympics. Oh, yeah. And get get the athlete, you know, if they win and they're overwhelmed with with thanking their support, including their family and their parents. And if you ever had a chance, I remember sitting down with uh, Paul Coffey. We were hanging out and he started talking about his dad. And um, Paul Coffey was obviously a fantastic hockey player. And the schedule, okay, from the time they were five years old, Mm -hmm. started playing hockey, how many practices and games that his father drove him to and back right it's like what he could have he could have he could have got to the moon okay yeah it's like 1.78 million miles that my dad drove you know to so it is cool when you see it 
They yeah. deserve it. The families. Yeah, when you think about the parents, the, the things they went through, because we only see them as viewers and fans on TV. All these athletes are like superheroes. They they right. they're just phenomenal. They're just so great at what they do. So, but and we're excited. But the families, they were there when there was the fevers, the the broken bones when they played, and, and injuries, and the and the heartbreaks, and the glories, and and all the family things that go on. Seeing and sharing what they're going through is a really special thing for Canadian sports fans, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, I remember, I got to be honest, as a parent, um, my, my kids were in Timbits, whatever they called that, Tim, Timbits hockey, I yeah. think it was called. Yeah. Uh, so young that you could go on the ice with them for games even. You know, you could help them, help them follow around on games. Right. Cute as hell. But, but I got to admit, Steve, there was a part of me that was saying, I'll be okay if they're not interested in pursuing hockey. Yeah. Going, this is this is a life-changing deal here for you. Okay. Up at six. Okay. No days off. No sleep-ins anymore. You know, on and on and on. So, um, yeah, I got to admit, <laughs> I was going, yeah, okay. Soccer wouldn't be bad here. You know, yeah. Stevie? Well, it's no better. I did, bat- I did the competitive soccer and the competitive hockey and coached in the competitive hockey as well. Those early days are all 6 a.m.s. And then later on, as they're really competitive and they're being scouted and things like that, then you're getting like re- absurd to the other end where your Friday night's gone or your Saturday night's gone. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't yeah. blame you for feeling that way because it is, it is a lot. But honestly, on the other side of it, I, uh, I really think that it develops a kid and keeps them more out of trouble than almost anything else. True. Yep. True that. Yep. Okay. Let's take a time out of the program. When we come back, we got some, we got some NHL news to talk about. What? Sorry. I said, said, true that, true that when you, okay. I got to take that back. (laughs) You're such a hipster. Big big gangster side. (laughs) When we come back on the show, a little NHL talk. And that is after these words. Reignite your love for driving with a new Ford from Jim K. Ford. Take a test drive today and see all of the latest innovations available for new Ford vehicles and for your comfort. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, get this. Jim K. Ford will be more than happy to bring a vehicle to your home or place of work for a demonstration and test drive. How cool is that? JimKFord.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. With dozens of huge insurance companies fighting for your business, rates are incredibly competitive. That means you're better off selecting on fit rather than premiums, since they're all pretty close. Are you a client with a boat and a cottage, or rentals and investments? Let's work together to find the right fit for you. Text 8606008, All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Sidney Crosby, ladies and gentlemen. Sydney. Yeah. Crosby. And here's the first thing, because he scored his 500th career NHL goal on Tuesday night. 46th player in NHL history to reach the milestone. And so with that, I went back and looked at some of his stats. And the only thing I could think of was this ain't Sid the Kid no more. Do you know Sidney right. Crosby has been in the NHL for 17 seasons now? Amazing, man. How Amazing. can that be? Yeah. I go, yeah, he's, you know, he's been around for like 10 years, man. Yeah. That's what I would have thought, you know. Craziness. He's the second Penguin to score 500, joining Mario Lemieux, great Hall of Famer. And uh, yeah, an amazing career. First time, or first ballot Hall of Famer, and a three time Stanley Cup winner. The one stat that I was, as I was looking as well, that kind of grabbed me is that he's only had more, 
you think about the career he's had and he's joining this exclusive club, I think to myself, okay, he must have had a bunch of 50-goal seasons. He's had one, and he's only had two 40-goal seasons. Really? Yeah. Wouldn't you thought it'd be more than that? Well, because the other thing at the same time yesterday, this will this will blow your mind. It did mine anyway. Ovechkin notches, I think, his thirtieth, or you know, he gets over thirty. He's got over thirty goals. Okay, uh, this year, that's sixteen years, Steve, of thirty goals or more. Right, sixteen. Yeah. May, now maybe Sid's the same. I don't know. I don't know if it, I, I guess you'd have to look back, but yeah, I'd have to do a little uh, stat work, but yeah, then holy uh, moly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also looking at the, uh, the stats, like Sidney Crosby right now is 46 points in 38 games. That's pretty good. But that's, that's, yeah. that's just, that's only 30th in the league. Like we're getting to a place where the stats, um, where the offense, because obviously fans have complained about that, you know, talking about, oh, they need smaller goalie equipment. We need more scoring in here. If you look at the stars of the game right now, they are doing very, very nicely. I'm looking, I'm glancing here. I'm looking at close to 50 guys that are a point a game so far. And we're, but we're, well, we're just a little past the halfway point of the season. So, I mean, I don't know if overall scoring is up or not, but I do know this. There have been some seasons in the last 15, 20 years where you can count on one hand the number of point-a-game players there were at the end of the season. Now we've right. got almost 50 of them. So the very best, the cream are rising, and uh, they're separating themselves quite a bit. Yeah. Out west here, Stevie, and this has to do with the Ottawa Senators, uh, but you would know the answer to it. Okay. Uh, so the, the Oilers gassed their coach, Tippett's gone. Yep. Uh, Wood, Wood, Woodcroft? I should know that. Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, I played. He's he's three and zero. Oh. Okay, they they win they win again last night, uh, and the Flames make the big massive trade for uh, Tyler Toffoli. Is that who they got from Montreal? That's right. Okay, and uh, I think they win last night. They five three or six three or something like that. Um, people were were over the moon, Steve, about this massive trade. Okay, that that you know Calgary's rolling. They'd won six of seven or something like that. And uh, they win again when he comes in. I'm like, where's where, where's Ottawa, man, with the blockbuster deal, Stevie? Okay, where where's Ottawa stepping up, going? Okay, where if whatever they're calling it, rebuild, whatever they're doing, you know, the, the, we got to get out of the basement, but you got to be patient. You got to be patient. Well, to get out of the basement, man, go make some boom trades. <laughs> you know. Well, we've got the trade deadline. Do which I is sound a... like an idiot, Steve? I don't know. I don't well. Know, but... eh... I think that'll be a discussion for next year when you feel like your young guys are are ready to compete for a playoff spot. If they pulled off a deal, it would be for the long haul. It wouldn't be a playoff rental. And not many not many of those types of trades happen at the deadline, unfortunately. All right. All right, I'm sound, I'm sound stupid. I'm no, you don't that. sound stupid. It's a, it's a fair question. But the Sens right now, as they get ready for the next game, all they're missing now with the uh, – they lost to St. Louis – uh, Matt Murray, their, their number one goalie, injured. Thomas Shabbat, their number one defenseman, injured. Uh, Josh right. Norris, their number one centerman, injured. Drake Batherson, their number one winger, injured. It's not been a good run here lately for the Ottawa Senators. How's that? Because he scored a beauty last night. Uh, how's Stutzlet doing? Is he everything he was made out to be when he joined the Sens? 
Well, I think he's still a long way from a finished product. Right now, he's on pace for about 40 or 45 points right now. He's got these flashes of brilliance like you saw in that game against St. Louis on Tuesday night. Beauty goal. So the speed is there. The puck skill is there. Right now, he's uh, a little bit light physically. He's only 20 years of age. He's got tons uh, tons of room for growth both physically and confidence-wise, and everybody around him is going to improve as well. That power play is going to be lethal, so I think he's going to be a 70-, 80-point guy probably. See? See? they got to trade that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all for it. Let's do it. Trade everybody. They're on the path. They're on the right path. Uh, Closing it out today, Claude Giroux in the news. Uh, I was going to sort of morph from Sidney Crosby into Claude Giroux because it was, I think it was the 2010 NHL playoffs where – Giroux was seen as, you know, the up-and-coming guy. I think it was, I hope I got the year right on that, but Peter Laviolette, the Flyers head coach at the time, said Giroux was the best player in the world. Kind of a shot at Sidney Crosby, who was the opponent for that series. And the, the Flyers made it all the way to that year to the Stanley Cup final, and you figured, okay, they didn't win. They lost to Chicago that year, but they'll be back, and they haven't been back. So um, Claude Giroux is now 34 years of age, and it sounds like he's going to be on his way out of town. And people are comparing him right now potentially to Ray Bork. Because remember when Ray Bork was yeah. closing it out, finishing near the end of his career in Boston, he wanted to go to a contender, and he ended up getting traded to Colorado. Right now, Claude Giroux, he's got the no-movement clause and all that stuff. He can pick where he wants to go, and it sounds like the Colorado Avalanche or the Florida Panthers are the teams he wants to go to. Are you a fan of that kind of thing? Like kind of being a mercenary and showing up and trying to get to the best team and win a cup? Um, I remember when that happened, when Ray Bork left. I've always had a hard time, but but I'm I'm dead ass wrong here, I guess. But I've always had a hard time with a team, you know, a team signing the big deal. Uh, you know, if you look at Ottawa, for example, so Kachuk, right? They, 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 he was a holdout. They couldn't come to terms, and then they did, right? And so the kids, I don't know what he's getting paid, Steve. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's lots, right? It's lots. Eight point two. Yeah. So when they sign that big deal, you know, everyone's over the moon. They make it. They make a you know big splash about it, and then you know you find out maybe three or four years later, uh, not sure if he's going to resign. You know, he's restricted, he's unrestricted, you know, and, and they end up going to another team. And and I, it's always kind of pissed me off. It's like, wait a minute, man, these guys signed you for eight. Is there no loyalty anymore? You know, is there is and the and the answer is no, there isn't. <laughs> okay. There there isn't. And so what do you what do you like Ray Bork left there? He played a long time in Boston. I I think he should have played out there. Uh so it kind of takes the shine off the Stanley Cup for me. You know, a little different, a little different, I guess, if you're Tom Brady, where he could, you know, he, he could stay with New England and possibly win another Super Bowl there. And he and he gets traded to, you know, because he was going to retire, you know, or is it the same thing? Or is it the same thing? I don't know. Right. He goes, goes to Tampa and wins. Um, yeah, it's always left a bit of a shitty taste in my mouth. You know that, you know, you, you should have stayed with Boston. You know, they were good to you. You you were good to them, yes, but let's 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 see some of these careers wind down where they where they where the team was good to them, you know, yeah. the whole way along. And I feel like it's sort of a loss of innocence, and in that, yeah, you know, in a perfect world, you'd you'd have your superstar player play his entire career with one team, but it just happens so frequently. It feels like I've uh, 
I've just gotten over it. I've gotten past it in a perfect world. I'd love for the guy to stay there. Like Alfie would have been good if he didn't go off to Detroit for his final season in the NHL. Um, so I, I don't, I don't care for change, but I'm at a stage where I've seen it happen so many times now that it doesn't phase me as much. And the Tom Brady example is a good one, although a little different. Or, he wasn't, you know, a, he wasn't a passenger. He's the, one of the biggest reasons they won a Super Bowl. He didn't go there because Tampa Bay was awesome, and he, you know, they will win him a Super Bowl. No, no, it was the other way around. Um, but I think Clojure will be a great asset, whatever contender ends up getting him. But it'll yeah. be at least a little while because he has 12 games, 12 games away from playing a thousand and all in the same uniform. So I expect that uh, he won't be dealt before that happens. Yeah, that, it's kind of like, okay, you want a Stanley Cup, Ray Bork, right? Because everyone's, you know, did they win a cup? Did they win a cup? You know, whenever you talk about a guy, you don't, don't forget the guy won a cup. You know, he won a cup, he won a cup. And Ray's going, yeah, I won a cup. I'm going, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. You know, right? You know what I'm saying, Stevie? Yeah, yeah. you want a cup, but ah, uh, they they probably were gonna win anyway, Ray. Probably gonna win anyway. Uh, you know, it's like uh, I've played in the 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 Ryder Cup, you know, for a bunch of years on on a really shitty team, and and then uh, before I retire, I'm gonna go play with Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, and uh, you know, uh, John Rom, and right. get this, boys. We won the Ryder Cup. You know, say so, yeah, yeah. I know you did there, Scooter. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what I mean, right? That's, that's yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, okay, Ray, you won a cup, but you know, yeah, fill in the blank, Stevie. Yeah. Fill in the blank. It feels like in the case of Bork, you know, he's he's. I look at that and I say, you know, Alfie was different in that, you know, I think the organization let him down terms of contract negotiation he was planning to finish his career here but Mm -hmm. uh they treated him like he was nobody like he had no it was no affiliation to the organization at all here's what uh, we think you're worth right now anyway in the case of in most cases i feel like the captain should go down with his ship if it's not meant to be oh well you still gonna be a god in that town um you're gonna be revered in that town forever and uh i don't know it just feels a little bit like you're you're letting your boys down to some degree, well, if, if you talk to Ray Bork about it, right? If you if you you know shoved him into a corner and say, "What's up with that dude?" Okay, what's up with the last minute trade when you only got a year or two left in your career? You know, what about being loyal to the Bruins? He might yeah. say, "Well, look at your boy Daniel Alfredson. So how did that team treat him? So don't fucking talk to me about hanging around. You know, when 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 I do have the opportunity to go. Yeah, I think we romanticize right? as fans, right? We think. Oh, where's the loyalty, you know, and you belong here. Mm-hmm. And every every player in 2022, Jimmy, will now tell you that you get yours. You know, it's a business and right. you get yours. You take care take of you, you can, and your right? family. Yeah. Absolutely. And that includes um, opportunities to win. Uh, we shall take our leave. We appreciate you being here today, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we're out of time. So no final thoughts. Our website is stevewproject.com. James, enjoy your day. Go Canada. We take down the Americans in ladies hockey tonight and grab another gold at the Olympics. And we'll talk to you next time. Go Canada, it's your birthday. Canada, it's your birthday. And we're going to party like it's your birthday. Go. See, 50 Cent Steve was originally going to, those were the lyrics he was going to use. Right. It's your birthday. (laughs) All right. Good night. We'll see. Good night, everybody. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. 
please subscribe today or support us on Patreon at stevewproject.com.